Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. And welcome to Hapsen Minded. I am Andrew Zadarnovsky, not your usual host on this podcast. Typically, you're used to hearing either Jared Book or maybe Patrick Baxell, sometimes Scott Matla, a whole uh, a whole series of potential hosts. Uh, but today, it is me. It is me today because we'll be talking about a subject that I have been pretty much focused on this season, and that's the Lyon de Trois-Rivières of the ECHL, the, the Montreal Canadiens ECHL affiliate. Uh, if you've been following my weekly columns, I've been writing a column called Lions Bites, Four Habs Eyes on the Prize. Uh, and basically, it's to focus on a weekly summary of what's going on with the Lions. As there's no games this week, uh, they've been canceled and or Christmas holidays and all that. I figured maybe do a podcast and I would invite uh, the beat writer from Le Nouveliste, Matthew Vachon, to join me um, to talk about the Lions and their start of the season. Welcome, Matthew. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. And you? I'm doing quite well. Uh, I'm, you know, Christmas is over. I can, I can finally relax. I don't have to worry about putting up decorations or buying last minute presents or anything that I don't like doing ahead of Christmas. Now is the, my time to relax. Uh, on the fifth day of Christmas, Andrew finally relaxes. Oh yeah. It's always a good relief when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Ma- Matthew, uh, it's Matthew. It's Matthew. You told me once it was Matthew. So what, what's, yeah, the, what's exactly. the story? Clearly, clearly, it's a fun. Me, why, why Matthew? Yeah, um, you know the um, it's a TV shows in the '90s. It's called Anne of Green Cables. Uh, Cables? Uh, uh, no, it's in the Prince of Island. And one of the um, character of this TV show was called uh, Matthew Cuthbert. Mm-hmm. So uh, my mother loved this character, and that's why I'm called Matthew. Uh, you know, in French, it's more Matthew. But uh, it's uh, the English way, so it's Matthew. Matthew. 
Very good. Yeah, and, and it is Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. my sister watching those movies. I, I was never into it. I was more into GI Joe, Transformers at the time. But uh, <laughs> and for the listeners out there, we're kind of free formatting it today. We're going to jump between English and French. Uh, un petit franglais, un podcast franglais. Never heard anybody. So, um, Mathieu, um, you know you've been you're you're you've been following the Lions all season. You do you do some of the uh, Q Junior games as well. What are your, uh, your first of all to start? What are your first impressions of Le Colisée? Is it how do you compare it to the Junior arenas? Do you like it or how does it feel? I really like it. Um, I would say it's uh, high tech uh, in a way because you know it it was uh, almost un, not uh, ready before the start of the season. So uh, everything is fresh in this place. It's a uh, Beautiful, really, really. Um, I would say, um, yeah, comfortable too. Uh, for uh, for for us, the reporter, uh, it's a really nice place to to went. Uh, so uh, I really like, I enjoy uh, my time uh, at the at the Lions game. So uh, yeah, it's a really uh, really a lovely place. I would say. Yeah, and I've I had the 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 chance of of seeing one game from there, and I really yeah. really enjoyed it. It was it was really nice, like you said, brand new. Everything's nice and bright. Good lines of sight. Um, yeah. I didn't see any kind of obstruction. Uh, the last game I saw live in person before the pandemic hit was the yeah. uh, uh, Olympiques de Gatineau at the Arena Robert Gertin, and uh, it was it was different. I mean, Robert Gertin was there was bad sight lines. It was an old arena. And yeah. then to kind of come out of the pandemic and go straight into, uh, you know, the, the Colisée Vidéotron, it's, you know, sit there in shock. Like, it's so much nicer and brighter, yeah. and it's, it's not what you expect from an ECHL team. And the funny thing that is that after your visit, the Lions went on a very good streak. Like, they were, it was maybe eight wins, I would say. I don't remember exactly, but uh, after your visit, the Lions were all fired up. <laughs> it was really That's uh, it. cool to see. I'm, I was the catalyst of their eight-game yeah, winning exactly. streak. That's, <laughs> so I think I need to come back and see another game for sure. Um, so, yeah, what are, your, what are your most memorable moments so far from this first part of the season for the Lyon? What, what really stands out for you? Um, the thing that really stands out for me um, is uh, the first game, and it was uh, just before the puck dropped. So it was with um, all the uh, old timer of from Montreal Canadiens. So Jean Guy Talbot was there. He's a guy from uh, Trois Rivières. Um, the other guy was uh, Regent Hull, and the third one is uh, I forgot his name. Do you remember Andrew? Uh, the third one um, who was who was. Uh, uh, You're what? putting me on the spot, and I won't no, remember. No but, uh... well, it was really a nice ceremony, and um, the yeah. ovation that Jagi Talbot got was uh, really uh, amazing. I got goosebumps, and uh, I would say that it was really fantastic. And, and it's that the it's the moment that stands out uh, for me. And it kind of also cemented that affiliation with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, let's be honest, the Lions wouldn't have happened without the appui of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Without yeah, the Montreal absolutely. Canadiens affiliation, there is no ECHL in Trois-Rivières. So yeah. it was nice to see the, the Canadiens have a presence there. Now, have, have you seen much of a Montreal Canadiens presence there since then? Um, I've seen Francis Bouillon. I've seen... Um, Carrière, it's uh, Nick Carrière. He was there once. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've seen them a few times. Uh, they are not 
there often, I would say, but the, you know that it's the Montreal Canadiens affiliation. So uh, yeah, it's, a, it's good to see that because, you know, um, for the fans in 12 yards, I would say they are a little bit picky with the, their team. So yeah. uh, it's a good thing that the Montreal, Montreal Canadiens is, is the affiliation of this team because without that, I would say that it cannot succeed in 12 yards. For sure. And, and it's pretty good attendance so far as well. Yeah, uh, exactly. Over 3,000. Yeah. Uh, it, over like, I think, 3,100 uh, 3, in an arena that fits just over 4,000. That's, that's, not, that's not bad at all. Uh, I mean, Trois-Rivières mm-hmm. has the smallest arena in the ECHL. But in terms of drawing a crowd, um, they, I think they're doing quite well for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the crowd is there every game. Um, the... the I would say that there is a, an element of curiosity because, uh, you know, it's brand new. Everybody wants to see the new Coliseum. Everybody wants to see what is that, the SCHL. So, um, what is the ECHL? I, yeah, ECHL. So, um, yes, uh, it's kind of a good success so far. And I'm curious to see if it's going to last over that year uh, because it's the big challenge uh, in Trois-Rivières. Uh, mm-hmm. Many hockey clubs uh, broke their teeth on on, the, on this market. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a challenge, I would say. Uh, the Lions are lucky. They have Mark Whiteman uh, at their, uh, as their president. So it's going to be a, a huge challenge for them, I would say. Yeah, because absolutely. Because Trois-Rivières is a junior market traditionally. Les Draveurs. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, they have a big um, imprint on the city. And when the team decided not to call themselves Draveur, but Lyon instead, they kind of, they want to draw a line between the previous identity and the new identity they're trying to forge for themselves. So obviously, and someone, someone told me this, that Les Lyon, they are condemned to win. They're condemned yeah, to win. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely. must win if they want to survive. Uh, yeah. And I, I think we're seeing it quite well so far. I mean, one of the one of the moments for me, besides the opening game, obviously the opening yeah. game was full of ceremony and pomp and circumstance. They lost, but it was full of like that ceremonial feel. The first real game where I think the Lyon, um, the, 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 their character came out was in that eight seven win against yeah. Maine. That crazy game with fifteen goals, where they, um, you know, eight goals in the first period, and then you know, Lions were up five three, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, four goals by Maine, and they were down seven to six, and uh, Olivier Archambault ties it up in the final minute, and then uh, Peter Abandonado scores in overtime after being dominated in overtime to win this crazy game eight seven. To me, that was the first real. Um, entertaining game where the character of the team came out because they came out strong, they gave up four goals, but they never gave up. And I think yeah. that's a, something we started seeing with the Lyon that they don't give up in the third period. They, they're, they're quite powerful in the third period. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a huge part of their identity. Sorry. Um, what is quite funny is uh, that I remember after the game, I called Eric Granary, the head coach, and uh, I asked him, um, how do you analyze this game? And it was like, uh, I just don't know. I don't know where to start because it's just <laughs> crazy. But he was proud of, of his guys uh, because they never give up. And yes, they, I, like you said, um, it's a huge part of their identity so far. They are never dead. And uh, I would say that in this league, you have to 
have this attitude to succeed. So, uh, so far it's good to see that. And um, yeah, I, I would say that they have a good structure. Eric Belanger worked hard on that. It was a pretty, um, pretty hard on the guys on this aspect. And mm -hmm. so far so good, I would say. For sure. I, I, the next kind of memory that comes to mind here, well, comes to mind, the one I have on my list is yeah. November 24th, which is the game I was actually at. That was the game of Le Message d'Eric Belanger, oh, yeah. where he scratched Julien Nantel, where he scratched Alexis Daoud, two players that were core members of the team leading up to that moment that he felt were not playing to their fullest potential and maybe were just you know playing lazy even. And he scratched them. Uh, and it was a huge shock. Uh, but the team responded to that message. Absolutely. And uh, I would say that um, Alexis Daou, uh, he was called up at the beginning of the year by the Belvis Senators. And after he, once, he was settled down, uh, I would say that it was like a, he, was, he has a slap on his face. <laughs> and he was really down. He was lazy. He wasn't playing the right way. Um, so, and he was a key player of this team. So if Alexis Daou is not playing well, the mm -hmm. Lions can't play well. So uh, he has to step up his game. And he was able to do it after this uh, LC scratch. And uh, so far, he has uh, like 18 points in 17 games. So uh, he woke up. He plays the right way, actually. Um, for Julien Attel, he scored after he was LC scratch. Uh, but uh, unfortunately for him, he was uh, injured on uh, a, quite a simple play. And uh, now he has a problem with his, uh, I would say, ankle. Yeah, mm -hmm. ankle. Yeah, he's on the injured reserve, unfortunately. So who knows when he'll be back. I mean, just, it's typical for minor league teams not to give too much information on injuries. The NHL will tell you, you know, eight to ten weeks or whatever. The AHL yeah. and ECHL do say, don't say anything so we just have to guess <laughs> yeah maybe if you're lucky they will say upper body a lower body but that's it that's it yeah <laughs> you just look at the daily transactions where it says placed on the injured reserve on the the 28th yeah, or whatever so exactly. it's now 30 days that julian Nautel is on the injured reserve so you know who knows maybe he'll be back in the new year um i, I remember when looking at the calendar and the way the kind of the season was starting for for the uh, for the lyon um, there was a group of six games that I was very nervous about. First, three games in Florida against the Everblades, a traditionally yeah. very strong team, followed up by three games against the Growlers. And I'm just like, how are the Lyon going to do in these six games? I had very low expectations heading into those two series. Just because Lyon were like, you know, near the bottom of the standings. Yes, you know, they did win three against Reading, but, you know, they're both kind of like bottom of the division and... Uh, I was like going against going into Florida against one of the traditional powerhouses of the ECHL. I was just like, this is not going to be good. And um, how do you think that series went? <laughs> uh, it was really good. Uh, so they went uh, to win three straight games against the Everblades yeah. uh, in St. John's. Uh, they were really good, but you have to know that there was many injuries and. Mm -hmm. Uh, a guy like Peter Abandonado was just called up by oh. the Rocket. The Rocket. Yeah. So it was a, a tough stretch for them, but they were able to do really, really well. And they get out of that huge stretch with five wins. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> no, definitely. I would have definitely not thought. I mean, the Florida series was marked with um, Florida typically being strong in the first period, uh, but the defense of the Lions resisting. 
Uh, and then the offense would take over. In those three games, Peter Abandonado got eight points. Yeah, He was the first star of the week in the ECHL, uh, rightly earned as well. Uh, Olivier Garipo, six points. You know, he had an awakening. Uh, and, and, those, and they swept the Everblades in Florida, which was unheard of. And I'm sure Dean McDonald had a good laugh with his, uh, his buddy there in, uh, uh, yeah. who owns the Everblades. I'm sure they were sitting in the box. And I'm sure Dean McDonald was having a chuckle at, uh, that the Lions won three straight. Uh, and then there's the Growler series. Uh, December 10th, Philippe Desrosiers with 50 saves on 52 shots. That game, was ri- that game was ridiculous. Um, we can clearly say that that game was stolen by Philippe Desrosiers. Absolutely. And Philippe Desrosiers is the key player so far uh, in this team. Uh, sadly for the Lions, he's just been called up by the Manitoba Moose. So uh, it's a huge loss for them. But Philippe Desrosiers in that stretch was uh, clearly amazing. Uh, he was uh, the, the, the cornerstone of this franchise so far. And, um, you know, if a goalie can play like this, he can give confidence to his defenseman and they are like, oh, okay, I can do maybe a little play here and try something because they know that the guy behind them is going to stop the puck. So it's good mm-hmm. for, for them, for their confidence. So um, I, I'm curious to see how they're going to play without him in the lineup. Very curious. And yeah, we'll get into the lineup in a bit. The, la- the last memory I have written down here, um, it was another game against the Growlers the following day after the 50-save performance. Uh, the Lions did lose the game 5-4, but what stands out in that game is three goals in 28 seconds for the Lions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, pretty sure that's a league record. Absolutely insane how the Lions rose up in that third period against the Growlers. When the Growlers were completely in control of that game, all of a sudden, three goals scored by Lyon. All three, Alexis Daoud had points, two goals and an assist on those three. Yeah. And they almost, almost tied it in the final minute. I was at the edge of my seat. That was an exciting game. I, you know what? It's, people say, you know, what's the ECHL like? It's just a bunch of goons, whatever. Not true. I believe that these Lyon games are exciting. They're, it's open hockey, a lot of passing, a lot of goals, and a lot of last-minute ties. And, and that kind of goal, that, that game really stood out for me. And I believe Keith Petruzzelli, the goalie for the Growlers, had to make a miraculous save yeah. in the final minutes to kind of keep, the, keep Lyon uh, from tying the game. Uh, and any other uh, kind of memories or any kind of high, highlights stick out for you so far this season? Mm, uh, I'll check. Maybe. But, you know, the first win that the... Uh, the the uh, I, I don't know um first it one was against Reading, Reading yeah. was it yeah exactly the first local win yeah exactly perfect yeah. so it was in the shootout uh the crowd uh, went crazy and it was uh, really cool to see that uh you know it was the fifth game that they played before their yeah. fans and they weren't able to win before that so uh, i remember that mark whiteman the president was like okay it's time to win <laughs> The first series of three games was against the Growlers with zero exhibition games, with zero, you know, kind of prep. You're going in there with the, Kelly, you know, with, with the previous Kelly Cup champions, not from the last year, but from the previous year. Yeah. Last year, the, last year, the Growlers didn't participate in the season. They, they opted out. But, you know, the Growlers are an extremely powerful team. You can pretty much say they're made up of half Marlies from the AHL. 
And yeah, and the Lyon were, were swept the first three games. And everyone was kind of, you know, kind of pulling their collars a little bit going, oh, this is fast. You know, like first game, uh, the Growlers scored, what, 13 seconds into the game? Yeah, exactly. And anyway, so yeah, that first win at home, ça fait du bien. It got everyone kind of more relaxed. and said, okay, okay, one step at a time. We got the first win. We can do this. Let's build on Yeah, We can do this. We can build on that. So and, yeah, absolutely. So good memory. I, I will add something. Um, a few weeks ago, I was doing an interview with the general manager, Marc-André Bergeron, and he told me, um, you know what, uh, maybe that the, the fact to start game, the, the year against the Growlers without exhibition game, it was a bad idea, I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with Marc-André. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they were already going in tough, having no exhibition games to start off with, so no one was familiar with anybody. Um, I'll, I'll add to that something that uh, Anthony Nellis told me, um, that the team initially was a little bit, he didn't use this word, but I'll use it, arrogant. They thought they had enough skill in the dressing room that could they just win games on skill alone. Oh, oh that's interesting. And it took them some time to realize that that's not enough in the ECHL, just getting by on skill, that you need team cohesiveness, you need everyone to pull in the same direction, And and that that I talked to him right after that win uh, against the, the the Royals when I was there. Yeah. And he said that was really the first game that they felt they played as a team. So even you know, so even if the Lyon had the, some exhibition games at the beginning of the season, the start of the year would have been rough either way. But they, they've kind of understood what they need to do. And again, return coming back to the message d'Eric Belanger. Where they, you know, I don't know what he said, but he motivated everyone to the point where the, everyone was on board. Uh, I don't think anybody wanted to be uh, relegated to the, you know, Ligue Nord-Ligue Nord-Americaine or whatever. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Um, sometimes you just have to trust the process. I know it's a cliche, but you have to trust the process. And at the beginning of the year, they went all. <laughs> All in the process, it was tough because they were there for the show. Everybody was like uh, cheering for them. They were losing. They weren't able to play like a team. Uh, so it took them maybe I would say what a month, a month and a half before yeah. they start to play like a team. So mm -hmm. so far the team stick together and uh, the results are there. Macandre Bergeron uh, was able to uh, form a good team. I would say. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what uh, what is going to happen with all the, the that taxi squad and all that COVID 19 situation. But uh, yeah, it was a good team at the beginning of the year, and we'll see uh, where it goes uh, in the second part of the year. Perfect. Now let's do some uh, player grades. This is fun. Yeah. Everybody likes some grading and and stuff like that. It's always uh, it always draws numbers. So let's go through the exercise. Let's go positionally. So let's start with the forwards. Who's your top of the class for the forwards? Uh, my top forward was Peter Abandonato. I will class him. You know, he was the the offensive star player of the of the team in the first half. But now he is with the Rocket. But um, I'll give him a nine because he was really the star player. He was able to uh, put points on the board. Uh, to do all the right stuff, and you know, he, he doesn't. He doesn't uh, Still is called up with the rocket, so I, I'll give him a nine. You? Uh, I would agree with you. I mean, I'm, I only gave one ten for the for the entire team, so I will okay. keep that one for later. But I agree with you that uh, Abandonado is uh, a nine out of ten, 
and he's the only one that I gave a nine to as well. So, okay. yeah. but he's right up there for me. My my next guy on the forward list um, is uh, Sean Saint-Amand. Oh yeah, good. That's good I gave player. him I gave him an, I gave him an eight eight out of ten. Uh, he's a solid player who's always involved in the play, always on the top line. He's always out there for the tough minutes. You know, in, in the ECHL, for those li- listening that are not aware, uh, there isn't four lines that are rolled uh, on the teams. Yeah. You usually have ten forwards, so three lines and a spare. And that top line is used heavily. You're looking at over 20 minutes. And Chantant Santamal, when he's on the ice for those 20 minutes plus, is always uh, a threat. So I have him as, as an 8 out of 10. Um, how about you? Me too. I have a 8 out of 10 for him. And I would say that I'm surprised that he didn't have a call up with the Rocket because he is played. He deserves that. Maybe it's going to happen in the second part of the year. But yeah, like you said, he is able to score big goals. He play with some grit, I would say. Um, and you know, when you put Sean Sanema on the ice, you know what you're going to have. And consistency. This, yeah, exactly. He has consistency. And um, that's the key for him. And uh, he is one of the best players in this offense. Absolutely. Yeah. After Peter Bondonato, definitely Sean Santamal is, is next on the list. So who, who do you have after that? Um, my, uh, my guy is uh, Anthony Lais, and I gave him a 8.5. Because, and I will explain that. Um, Anthony Lais is like um, the Tomash Placanek of this team. He is able to do all the good stuff on the ice. He can play good on defense, on PK. He is able to play on the power play. He is able to have really uh, a consistency uh, on five on five. So mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Nellis is not a superstar player, I would say, you know, but he is able to do all the right thing. And he is uh, a guy that never gives up. So for Eric Bernanger, I would say that Anthony Nellis is one of his guys because yeah. uh, he can count on him. So um, I, I really like this player, and uh, that's why I give him uh, 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I gave him a, a 7.5 just because I tried to kind of rank the players. But your overall kind of description of him, I, I would agree with. He's, he's what, second or third scorer on the team. He's deployed in all circumstances. Uh, definitely someone to look out for. Um, I, I don't know if he has an AHL upside or not, but he definitely has a, a European upside where I think Absolutely. after the end of this season, he will be in high demand in some, some higher leagues in, in Europe. So uh, good for him. Um, who's, who's next on your list? Uh, my next guy on forward, it's Olivier Chabot, and I give him an eight. Um, yep. You know, he is an electric player, I would say. He always wants the puck. And yep. when he is on the offense, he is really, really good. It's, mm-hmm. it's like a fish in the water. Absolutely. <laughs> and, but I didn't give him a nine because of his defensive play because uh, it's pretty bad, I would say. And I know that uh, Eric is working with him on this aspect of mm-hmm. the game, but uh, that's why I just gave him an eight. But, but he is really, really good. He has like a 26 points or something. So yep. uh, he is a catalyst in this offense. Yeah, I, I had a hard time giving him a grade uh, just because a, he leads the Lyon in, in points. He's a top. He's a team's top scorer, and you're right. He's electric with the puck. He loves having the puck. What frustrates me to no end with him is 
uh, not just the defensive, but the turnovers, where yeah. he tries to do too much. If if the CHL shared their turnover stats, I'm sure that he would be right at the top of that list because he plays a lot of minutes, uh, and as a result, there's a lot of handling of the puck, and with a lot of handling of the puck, there's a lot of giving up the puck. Um, so with him, I, I I gave him a seven. I know he's offensively extremely gifted, but yeah. um, he's just a frustrating player to watch because. He, he tries to do too much. He tries to do that one dangle too many or not go for the pass, but go for the deke. He's, he just tries to do a little too much. And when I talked to Eric Belanger about him, he, uh, he mentioned yet yeah, that he's working with him. Like you said, there's a process. They understand each other. And Eric Belanger said he doesn't mind giving Olivier Chambaud the space to do what he wants to do, but he has to learn to pick his moments. The, you know, if the game is tied or if you go into the last minute, you know, you, Play players play it safe, or don't don't turn over the puck in a critical situation that would disadvantage the team. So, I think he still has some some learning to do by the season. Hopefully, my next forward on the list is Alex Um Seven out of ten for him. A bit of inconsistency, like we talked about. You know, just before his scratch, he was kind of uh, not up to par in his play, what we saw before his call up to Belleville. Um, you know, he's been called up to Belleville twice. He's been called up to Providence. So obviously he's a player that's looking for that AHL opportunity. But I think after that healthy scratch, he became aware of who he needs to be for Eric Belanger, and he's been a top forward ever since. So docking him a few points for some inconsistency and a bit of a slump after, uh, after being returned to the ECHL. But overall, uh, I, I like him on my team. Yeah, I, uh, I agree completely with you, and I give him a 7.5 out of 10 so for absolutely the, the same reason as you. So uh, he lacked consistency, but he can be uh, one of the best players on this team, so he has to be. Um, after that... Perfect. Who's, uh, who's your next forward? Uh, my next forward is Justin Ducharme. I, I would say that at the beginning of the year, I have... I had uh, no expectations from him, but uh, he started to really stand out from this pack. Uh, he has a lot of speed on the ice. He can work hard always. Um, on the offense, he lacked consistency, I would say, so far. But, you know, he can be um, a good player when, even when he's not, uh, he doesn't have success in the offense. So uh, he's really young. He only has uh, 21 years old i would say yeah 20, 21 years yeah, old 21. so uh, there's something to do with this guy maybe he won't play in the nhl one day but maybe in the ahl i would say well yeah, he signed on a two on a two-way contract yeah right? he's got a two-way contract so he could be called up theoretically to the laval rocket but i think time with the lyon is best for his development right now absolutely and like you said uh consistency he's had some big goals he's had some big moments but there's uh, there's a couple of uh, blank spots in between. So once he develops his game, uh, it will be that much better. A, a guy I put on my list, and I don't know how fair this is or not, but I have him ranked after Jusan Ducharme. And by the way, we pretty much have the same order of ranking so yeah. far. Um, <laughs> I, I put Anthony DeLuca in yeah. at this point. I don't, I don't know if you graded those guys. You know, he's only had a handful of games with the Lyon, but I think he's had a positive am- impact. Um, mm-hmm. He's played, I believe, five games. I believe has... Uh, uh, do, 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 yeah. Look at my six stats points in here. five games, I would say. Six points in five games, good. Yeah, um, right. I was going to say that. I just wanted to check. Um, I think, he, well, obviously, he was playing in England. He got suspended there for uh, 
for nefarious reasons. Yep. And uh, he was available for the Lyon, so he signed here. I don't know if he's planning on staying here for the rest of the season or not, yep. but planning... uh, I think uh, he... yeah, 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 absolutely. You're right. Perfect. He plans to stay. So, no, I think he's a great addition team. I... Oh, good. So I have him seven out of ten as well. Um, obviously, the sevens kind of vary by decimal points, but um, I, I have him kind of as that mid-range forward for the Lyon. Perfect. Uh, I would uh, follow you because I haven't ranked him, but um, I would give him a seven right now. I would give him a seven because he played great with the Lions. Uh, like Archambault, he's not a, a good player in the defensive zone, but you know he can win game for for the Lions because of his skills. Exactly. Next on my list with uh, six out of ten is a the captain of the team, Cédric yeah. Montmigny. Yeah, it's uh, and. I gave him a 6.5, so we're kind of this, the same <laughs> on the same page on this case. You know? And just so everyone listening, we did not collaborate ahead of time. We each rank these people independently. Uh, exactly. So there is a there is a the sample size may be small, but there is some sort of uh, consistency in our rankings. Yeah, exactly. And Mormini frustrates me. Bad penalties. That's how yeah, I will yeah. describe him. That was really a, a problem for him in this first half of the season because you know he can be a good player he, uh, it's a guy that works hard on every shift but sometimes he competes too hard and that's what makes uh, him to take bad penalties because he's frustrated um, or something so yeah he, he can be a, a good player for this team but yeah he has to know when to not overstep the mark Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's something he's working on. Obviously, team captain, so he carries some weight in the dressing room, but uh, I think he's settled into that third-line role right now with the Lyon, at least when they have all their players available. Uh, he's kind of that third-line center for, for the grinding minutes. Absolutely. Um, next guy on my list, I have a guy who's no longer with the team. Um, Arsene Hissamutinov. <laughs> yeah. Started strong. He started strong. When the team was purely relying on their individual skills, he was standing out. As soon as the team started relying on more of a team-based offense, he fell off and was scratched multiple times by Eric Belanger. You know, he, we talked about the message d'Eric Belanger kind of waking up Alexis Daou and waking up Julien Nantel. Uh, I don't think it got, he ever got through to Arsene Hissamutendorf. Yeah, and you know, the fact that he has some... He had some problem with his visa that uh, prevented him from playing the U.S. was a real problem uh, because he wasn't able to uh, kind of find his groove and, you know, he, he was always on pause. So <laughs> how do you want to yep. develop a player when you can't play all the games with the team? So it was a problem from this perspective. And like uh, we said for the Duca and Archambault, the defensive play was, for him, it was really awful. He wasn't able to maybe understand because, um, you know, he's a Russian guy. He just came from Russia and he wasn't able to really understand the English of Eric Belanger. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so it, it was a problem for him to really understand what the coach needs wanted. from him. Uh, yeah, what he wanted. So uh, it was a problem. And it's not a surprise that this experience didn't end very well, I would say. Yeah, and I don't think he wanted to be in the CHL either. Uh, nope. So 
it, it's unfortunate. I mean, no no one wants to be in the ECHL. Uh, like Joel Bouchard would say, nobody wants to be in the AHL. Everyone's aspiring exactly. to be at the NHL level. Um, and I think Hussam Mutinov just saw the writing on the wall when the Canadians put him in Group C in training camp, didn't give him any preseason games, sent him right down to Laval Rocket. Laval Rocket sent him right down to the Lions. I think the writing was on the wall for him. Um, he did have a real nice goal. I mean, the first highlight yeah. goal of the Lyon was his, a little deaky uh, through the through the Absolutely. legs. And that was a gorgeous goal, I'll give him that. But uh, he, he kind of fell off after that. And the last guy for me that, rec- that deserves ranking, I think, is uh, Cédric Derrisseau. Yep, Rookie, absolutely. small forward, uh, five and a half out of ten. Uh, I will give him um, six point five. And you know, uh, I know Cedric like uh, from seven, five, no, five years, and uh, I know that it's it's a gifted players, but um, he's not strong enough so far for for this level. He has to work on this aspect, so uh, to put up put out uh, some muscle on his uh, on his body but um he has a good vision he can skate well um but so far it's not uh, it's not good enough so he he was healthy scratch sometimes and uh, defensive play is not always good too so uh, yeah he needs to to work on many aspects so far yeah there's a few shifts i remember seeing him kind of trying to push people around and trying to hit more and things like that. And you can see that, that he was trying to um, apply something that Eric Béranger told him to be yeah. more physical. And I think he was trying, but it's, it's really just, it's, he just didn't have the, the muscle there to push anyone around. He tried yeah, just to, to his credit. He tried doing what the coach asked him to do, but uh, you know, just, he's got a lot of work left to do if he wants to move up to uh, even the AHL level at this point. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. The guy didn't know how to grade at all, um, Julien Nantel. I never yeah. got a good read for him. I was never able to really kind of get a feel for what kind of player he is. I didn't want to give players uh, a, a, a score under six, so I gave him a six. But he wasn't really... I, no, I don't want to say good, but he was just average in many ways. Mm-hmm. He wasn't... Uh, he didn't show some grip. He wasn't good in the offense, on defense. It was just correct. So, yeah, yeah it, it was tough. It was, it was tough for him because he didn't play last year. So mm-hmm. it was a it was a problem. And you could you could see that in the first half of the season. So yeah. uh, I'm curious to see what is what he can do in the second part of the season. Absolutely. Like, uh, obviously, he's uh, once he comes back from injury, uh, it'll take a few games to get his rhythm back and everything. Hopefully, his conditioning is still good, and we can see what he can, you know, try to do on the ice again. And the last two guys I had on my list that I didn't grade: uh, Jonathan Joannette and Perry Dubé, two players that played many games. Yeah, two players that played a lot of game for the Lions, and that's all I can say about them. Yeah, absolutely. So Perry Dubé is uh, is going back to uh, junior hockey, and I think uh, because he is a uh, 20 years old. It's good for him yeah. because he can be a good player in this league and he can try to do the professional league next year. Sure. Absolutely. All right, let's go over to the defensemen. We uh, yeah. we kind of went to the depth of the forwards. Let's uh, look at the defensemen right now. Who yeah, do you have okay. for the Lyon de Trois-Rivières? So uh, I'll start with Olivier Galipo. I'll give him uh, eight. 
Um, you know, he has a slow start of the season. Yeah. It was a new team for him. Uh, but in the maybe last 10 games, he was able to show his real face. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Olivier Galipo is a tough guy. He can bring some offense. He can be mean in the defensive zone, I would say, because he likes to play with mm -hmm. the Sherwood. So, um, yeah, I give him a, an eight. So what about you? I gave him a seven just because of that slow start to the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was expected to quarterback the power play right away, uh, and he didn't. Uh, the power play numbers, as a result, suffered for for a long time. Uh, Trois-Rivières, I don't think they've quite gotten out of uh, a good out of low percentage for for power plays yet. Um, so, uh, just because of the, what he was expected to bring to the team, uh, I gave him a lower grade, not based on his his individual play, but more on what was expected of him to to be. Yeah. So I think you're right. Lately, he has improved, but yeah. uh, just because he had that rough start to the season, I, I gave him a seven. Oh, that's good. And For I me, my top ranked ranked uh, defenseman was. My, my top ranked defenseman for, for uh, Trois-Rivières was uh, Charles-David Baudouin. Yeah. He was I, just a defenseman that was dans toutes les sources. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's really good. And I would say I gave him a night too. So uh, Charles-David mm -hmm. Baudouin was able to be like a, a real cornerback, I would say, because he was able to to put on some uh, offensive numbers. Uh, on the defensive side, He was one of the best players of Eric Belanger. And you know what? In my opinion, he is maybe the real captain of this team because Charles-David Baudouin is a real leader. Uh, he was a captain wherever he went. So, um, yeah, he is uh, a key in this defense. And uh, the, the Lions need him for the, their success. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. And he's uh, he's one of those keys to the success when uh, when the Laval Rocket called him up for a few games. Um, you know, it, it was a bit sketchy at first who who'd replace him on the ice. Yep. But thankfully, as he was called up, that's when Olivier Galipo stepped in. Uh, so if Olivier Galipo didn't take that, you know, didn't step in, uh, I think games would have gone uh, a lot more differently. Uh, next guy I had on my list. Maybe I'll let you go. What's who's the next guy on your list? Mathieu Bonnard is my, nice, my next guy, and I give him a seven. You know, uh, Mathieu Bonnard is a good leader, too. Um, he's a big, big guy. He's like, Huge. what? 6'5", uh, 6'6"? Six, six, six? Yeah, exactly, 6'6", six, six, I would say. Uh, he can put out, put out uh, some minutes on the ice. He can play a lot, I would say. Um, he is more of a dis defensive defenseman. Um, but I want him to be a little bit more gritty on the ice because he has the body to do it. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure you will agree with me, he's not an offensive defenseman. He, is, he has some limitations <laughs> on this yep. side, but he can be a real shutdown defenseman. He was able to do this role, but I want him to be a little bit more gritty, like I said. Be a bit meaner. I think that's yeah. what's missing in his game. I, I gave him a seven out of 10, mainly for one lack of, you know, he's not, he's a defensive defenseman. So, you know, but that tradition, that's code for doesn't put up many points, but does a yeah. good job defensively. Although he did score that one breakaway goal to win yeah, it in overtime. Really... <laughs> <You're> <laughs> that right. was a fun one. <laughs> but overall, I think he's staying, he could, he could be meaner. He's not using his size, you know, um, for that kind of size, he, 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 he looms over players yet. I see him being pushed around. 
So yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. Uh, I think that's what's missing in his game. But overall, yeah, he put he plays over 25 minutes of game. He has to. Top pairing with Olivier Galipo. Those two guys are putting up massive minutes. And Galipo and Brodeur are the only two defensemen to have played every single game thus far for the, for the Lyon. And, oh, wow. uh, and, the third, and the third person to only play every game, Anthony Nellis. So yeah, those three players yeah. are the only three that have played every single game for the Lyon so far. So, and those are the guys that are probably the most solid, uh, you know, two, two of the most solid defensive contributors. And Galipo, which is, you know, power play quarterback. Those are three pillars for the team. Um, I had Hayden Shaw a little bit higher. I had a Hayden Shaw with an eight. I had him over, over Galipo because of Galipo's slow start and over Brodeur for Brodeur's lack of physical presence. I think Shaw brought a stability to the defensive core uh, yeah. for the Lyon, something that they were missing. They were missing that fourth defenseman. Uh, and, and when Mantoba Moose lent him to, uh, to Trois-Rivières, I think that that really uh, helped the Lyon call, like, uh, manage the minutes of the defenseman and really start dominating the games defensively as well. Yeah, and I didn't rank him, but uh, I agree with your height because, uh, like you said, Aiden Shaw was a, was a good presence, is a good presence in this team, um, and they start to they start him to play with Charles David Baudouin. It was a wonderful duo to see. Uh, they were able to uh, put up some wins because of this duo, because they can play a huge minutes in every game. Um, so, yeah, I would say that the Lions are praying for him to stay in Tordovia a little bit longer, maybe until the, the end of the season, because uh, they need him badly. Absolutely. Now, I think he's injured right now, so he's not playing yeah. too many games. But uh, overall, yeah, absolutely. I think he, he's, he's necessary because um, the next guy on my list, who I think might be my biggest disappointment on the Lyon so far this season, um, wasn't, is it, you know, it's Mathieu Gagnon. Mathieu yeah. Gagnon, for me, was one of my biggest deceptions of the season going in. I thought he'd be top four defenseman, uh, and he wasn't. He did not play up to expectations. He took a lot of bad penalties, and as a result, you know, if Hayden Shaw didn't come in, uh, I think the Lyon would be in a different position entirely. But uh, Mathieu Gagnon, you know, experienced uh, professional, you know, a lot of years in the ECHL, uh, and I think for whatever reason, um, he's not controlling his emotions on the ice this year. I think yeah, he's all over the place. It's a huge problem because he takes bad penalties. He takes bad misconduct penalties. He's put it. Remember what was that six minutes, um, uh, six minute minor or whatever yeah. that was at one time. You got three consecutive <laughs> minors on one play. Was it 10, 10 yeah, consecutive uh, minors? Uh, there's two instances it, actually. Yeah. Because uh, at one point in the Florida game, he was out of this game. He was ejected. And I think that he has a 10 minutes penalty and the, the lions have to kill that <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i think you're right there was there was something weird in there there was like you know yep. three minors and then a misconduct Absolutely. or something it was some, some insane number uh and i remember we were going back and forth in the ecgl rule book trying to figure out what the call yeah. was exactly <laughs> but yeah but, <laughs> but as one of the leaders on the team one of the first players that was signed to the lyon um to me he's been a it's been a deception um Defensively, offensively, and just um, you know, not help detracting the team more than helping the team. But he's out injured now as well, so the team's doing better since he's been injured. Is that a coincidence? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> like you said, you uh, he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't. How can I say this? Because I don't want to be the, the bad guy here, but he has to level up his game. 
Like, yeah. is it okay? Like, in, if I said that this way, <laughs> he has so, to step I, up. Yeah. Is there- there's definitely errors in his game, and I think uh, wasn't he? A, he was a healthy scratch, I think, once by by Eric yeah. as well. There's a couple of games he missed because of injury, but there was a healthy scratch in there, and I'm pretty sure it's because of that lack of discipline. Absolutely, and his injury occurs. It was after a big hit in the game against Florida, and that's why he uh, lost his temper in this yeah, game. That's right. Yeah. So. Oh, that's uh, right. I remember that. Since, yeah. Since then, he, he just lost played. it on the guy who hit him. Yeah. Yeah. The, fi- the final defenseman I ranked, and uh, he's, he's borderline right now, uh, Guillaume Baudouin, rookie yeah. for uh, rookie defenseman from Trois Rivières. He's the local, you know, local hometown boy. He, he's getting better, but I think I don't know how much more potential there is in him. I, I'm just when I see Guillaume Baudouin, I know it's an hard-working player. He, it's not a, a problem from this for for him on this point. But you know, it's just it's just average. Uh, I like uh, Julien Atel on the offense. He's not a bad player. He's not a good player. He, he can be a good contributor. He has some skills, but so far it uh, doesn't uh, translate in points or in on the defensive side. Yeah, he can do well, but it's not that good. So, uh, just for instance, I give him a six point five. So it. That's pretty average, I would say. I think, and I think it's fair. I think six point five is is average. I mean, I see him, and my my big impression. I mean, he's doesn't take away from the team. Doesn't doesn't detract from the team. Does his job, but you know, buff. I try, for me to call him buff. You know, like yeah. eh, buff. You know, yeah. Yeah. he's there. He's there. Yeah, he's he not will. bad. He's not good. He's he's there. Absolutely. And and the, the last two defensemen, I didn't bother uh, giving them grades. Uh, Derek Louis Jean and Alex Perronfontaine. Same Two defensemen me. that were players on the Lyon. Just meh, like you right said. Right on. So, moving on. Meh, buff. <laughs> <laughs> moving on to the goalies. Now, yeah. head of the class. Oh, Mr. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Philippe Desrosiers. I completely agree with you. 10 out of 10 for me, too. <laughs> Leads the ECHL and wins. Uh, top goalie for, one of the top goalies for save percentage. You know, maybe not goals against, but save percentage is definitely there. Uh, where would this team be without Philippe Desrosiers? Oh, certainly not right where they are at this point. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, they would not be there at all. Um, I mean, there's not that much, not much more we can say about Philippe Desrosiers. Thank you, Manitoba Moose, for for lending him to the team. Um, my understanding was that he wanted to either be in Manitoba or Trois Rivières. He preferred Trois Rivières over being a depth goalie in Manitoba, so they kind of let him let him kind of join the team. And I'm sure Marc Andre Bergeron didn't fight it too much. Um, because the the next goaltender on the list, uh, Kevin Poulain, yeah, um, seven out of ten. I give him a six point five, uh, and you know that's the only guy that played in the NHL in this career. So it's normal to have some expectations. I know he's not the guy that plays with the New York Islanders, but there's always something wrong with him uh, when he starts. So he always give a bad goal, or sometimes he's just not in his game. Um, it's my biggest disappointment for for my side, from my perspective. That's the biggest disappointment in this team. Uh, you know, he has to step up his game. Less, uh, like he he did with the Rocket when he was called up with this team. Yep. So uh, 
is, is it a question of motivation in this case or is it just mental Maybe. like i don't know what's wrong with him but he always give a bad goal and that's a, a huge problem because at the beginning of the year the the lions weren't able to score many goals and when the the goalie is giving a bad goal it's killed the the, the rhythm for them you know absolutely so that that was a problem that i have uh, with uh, his play but i would say that he's a really good person and you know sometimes really good person struggles so that's fair. That's fair enough. And then, you know, we, we wish him the best and we hope that he finds uh, that next level to kind of get him back up to the HL. Now he's, he's with the rocket right now. Uh, yeah. and DeRosier is with the moose right now. So we have uh, two new goalies in, in Trois-Rivières and yeah. who knows when they play their next game, but, uh, you know, one goalie is from, uh, University of Ottawa, my, uh, my alma mater. Yeah. So go GG's, let's go GG's. Uh, and the other is, um, uh, Marc-Antoine Gélina from Etervier de Sorel Tracy. So once yeah. again, Marc-André Bergeon reaches out to the Ligue Nord-Américaine de Hockey for some players. And by my count, 8, 11, 15, 17 players have been signed out of the LNAH by the Lyon so to play at least one game. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> out of those 17, which one stands out in your mind? Do you have a favorite one that was just arrived? Like maybe one game, two games, whatever? Um, Maxim Sensei was my favorite. I would say that he's a local guy too. Uh, Seldi has been claimed off by the Mariners uh, yep. and he was suspended because he didn't want to go there. So it's a shame because he won't be able to play uh, again uh, for this year at least uh, in yep. front of his uh, his friends or family, friends. So it, it's sad because he, he is a really good player. He was the best player in the Elena Ash, like you said. So yep. um yeah, that's uh, the one that stands out to me. I I really enjoyed the one game that Danny Paquette played. He was fun. <laughs> that's he good. was fun. The long flow, just hitting everything. And the crowd was into him. He was oh, a character on the ice. And the crowd was cheering him every time he had the puck. Every time he jumped the boards. Every time he hit. The crowd was into him. He can be a cult hero if he wants to be. But again, another player that was claimed by another uh, ECHL team on waivers. He was yeah, claimed by Redding. Redding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing with play, these players that are claimed, they now stay on the protected list for the team that owns their rights. So unfortunately, uh, you won't, probably won't see Danique Paquette with, uh, with Lyon again, unless Marc-André Bergeron pulls off a trade. I don't Who think it's going to happen. I, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. But Danique Paquette was fun for that one game. All right. So... <laughs> Uh, we talked for about an hour about the Lyon Trois-Rivières. I think uh, it's more than anyone expected. Yeah. <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone's still listening, thank you so much for being here this whole time. Um, Matthew, any any closing comments? Anything else we haven't hit on yet? Um, I think that we pretty much uh, <laughs> covered it all in detail. Everything. Man, you're going to see another. This is a niche podcast, people. That no one else yeah. is going to spend an hour talking about an ECHL team in Franglais. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, thank you for, <laughs> for your listening. And just before we uh, cut this one, um, I want to apologize if you guys can't was weren't able to understand my English. I apologize. Uh, I try to do my best. 
And I hope that it wasn't too bad for you, Andrew, too. Matthew, it was fantastic. We, we talked before the podcast started that, you know, if you felt like you need to jump into French, please go ahead. But you didn't. At no point did you jump into French. And I was ready. Moi, j'étais prêt de sauter en français, moi aussi. On transformait ça en un podcast français complètement. But whatever. We, uh, we kept it in English. And that's, that's, that's great. Uh, well really done, Matthew. It was a real uh, thank pleasure you, to do it. Thank you so much for joining uh, the podcast. And for everyone who's still at this point, still listening to us, thank you so much for, for, uh, for going on this ride with us for the first half of a review or for review of the first half of the season of the Lyon Trois-Rivières. Hopefully they start up again soon. I don't know if they're going to do that trip to uh, Maine or not to, to bring out the new year, but I would be, be very surprised if that game happens. Um, we'll see what happens in January. May the Lyon return and may they... Uh, May they complete the season uh, in a playoff position. That's my yeah. wish for them. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mathieu. All the best. All the best. Thank you. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.